Hi, I'm Clarissa, and you are listening to Listen and Know, a premenstrual disorder health podcast. This podcast is for women who are struggling with premenstrual disorders, PMDs. I'll be talking about everything from symptoms to treatments to coping strategies. If you're new to PMDs, you're not alone. Millions of women around the world suffer from these conditions, and yet PMDs are still relatively unknown and misunderstood. That's why I'm here. I want to raise awareness of PMDs and help women who are struggling to find the support they need. I'll be releasing new episodes every week, so be sure to subscribe and leave me a rating and a review. And if you have any questions or topics that you'd like me to cover, please let me know. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join me on this journey to better understand and manage PMDs. Please note, this podcast might bring up topics that are sensitive in nature because we share personal experiences with PMDs. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Listen and Know. I found myself having aversion to wanting to film this and record this Um I'm finding that uh, I'm definitely results driven and it's hard for me to put in the initial work uh, to get the ball rolling when I don't have outer affirmation that somebody's listening or um, somebody approves of what I'm doing. And I'm working on that myself, but I want you guys to know that I am just a normal human being with normal fears. And in order for me to do something great, something bigger than myself and follow through with my mission, I have to go into those places that are uncomfortable. And um, so here I am. And once I'm here, like I'm doing just great and I'm doing just fine and so ready to go today. Today we are talking about, but, but if you are listening, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate that. I love that you are learning something. And if this is your first time, welcome and know that this is an always ever getting better type of podcast and experience for me to get better at speaking succinctly and clearly and sharing the mission and the message that I have that our bodies are incredible through the lens of a premenstrual disorder and, um, and how, what we talk about in health concepts affects premenstrual disorders. And then the things that we can do to, uh, better ourselves either through the education or step-by-step processes or tools we can apply to, uh, better PMDs. And, um, as always, if you know somebody who might benefit from learning about PMDs, or maybe they themselves have one and need some resources, please send them, um, my way and, uh, share with them what you have learned and the growth that you have experienced by listening. I'd appreciate it. That is my ultimate goal. So today's kind of a cool day. We are going to talk about two different rhythms, the circadian rhythm and the infradian rhythm and how they differ and what's so cool about both of them. I really want to do this because again, this is kind of uh, the basis. We talked a little bit about uh, menstrual cycles last week and the menstrual cycle is part of the infradian rhythm. 
And so now we need to differentiate between these two to, again, continue to move forward and dive ahead. But as always, you're welcome to go back and listen to the little blurb about uh, PMDs that we've done and about uh, the intro into menstruation. And we're going to, we are going to give uh, some info about these rhythms today that I think will open your eyes and enlighten you. So let's talk about the circadian rhythm first. So our circadian rhythm is a 24, a little bit, a little bit less than 24 hour cycle in physiology and behavior that repeats itself on a daily basis. Uh, These rhythms are what are called endogenous and they are generated by a biological clock and they have again, near 24 hour periods. So uh, these rhythms are found in plants, animals, fungi, etc. So I want you to think about something that runs on a 24 hour cycle. The best and biggest thing that I can think about is that the sun runs on a circadian rhythm up in the morning, across the sky, throughout the day, down at night, underneath, right? In all reality, it's the earth that runs on the circadian rhythm, but we bank on that sun coming up and the sun going down. Also right now, uh, when I'm recording this, I have some tulips popping up in my yard. It's spring and they also run on a circadian rhythm. It's kind of cool in the morning. They'll be all closed. And as we go throughout the day, they open They show off their middles and all the colors inside. And then as it cools down and the sun goes down at night, they close back up to protect themselves. Um, Something else, uh, animals tend to either be uh, awake at night or awake during the day. And they also run on a circadian rhythm. So the birds chirp in the morning around, well, right now it's around 5 a.m., but in the middle of the summer, it's around 4 a.m and they chirp at night. Um, and then throughout the middle of the day, when it gets too hot for them, they tend to kind of sit in the trees and be more quiet, but they also run on 24 hour periods. And so do humans. So we naturally want to get up in the morning. We have, uh, energy throughout the day, and then we need to sleep at night. So that is kind of the basic, uh, look at, some of the plants and animals that are in this circadian rhythm. So circadian rhythm is a natural process that helps organisms to anticipate and prepare for regular changes in their environment. For example, again, plants open their leaves during the day and close them at night, just like the tulips we talked about, but you can see that on trees, uh, that happens with pollens and grasses, etc. Animals, most animals are more active during the day than they, um, and sleep at night. Um, and, uh, another good example of that is that I come from a very hunting family. Uh, my husband's family loves to hunt. And in October, when we go hunting the best times of day to, uh, secure, Uh, A win or a shot is in the morning and at night because during the day, the animals tend to bed down and we can't find them. But at night, they're more active because they are needing their meals. And in the morning, they're more active. So um, 
The circadian rhythm is controlled by a master clock in the brain. It's called the superchiasmatic nucleus. <laughs> so that's really a big word for here at Adagio Fit. And I'm very proud of myself or even wanting to pronounce that, but we can call it the SCN. The SCN receives input from the eyes, which allow it to track the day-night cycle. So what is so cool about this is you can signal that SEN to tell your body to wake up by getting sunlight in the mornings. And I don't know about you, if you're in the health industry, you'll probably have noticed that a lot of health professionals are telling us that we need more sunlight earlier in the day. We as humans tend to uh, be inside most of the time. Uh, even like my gyms downstairs in my basement, and it doesn't get a lot of sun except at maybe three or four o'clock in the afternoons. And so sometimes I don't like going down there to work out because it feels so dark. And so sometimes I'll take my workout outside. But uh, there are lots of professionals that swear by uh, opening all the blinds, the windows, um, getting as much sunlight as possible first thing to wake up your body, which that's what exactly what this is saying. So your suprachiasmatic nucleus, your SEN can get woken up by seeing natural light to tell the body to wake up. This is a great uh, thing if you are on a certain schedule to tell your body to wake up by light. So in the mornings, when I wake up, I actually turn on all the lights in my room. It's really hard when my husband has his very rare days of sleeping in. Usually he's up before me. But if he is sleeping in, that's hard because I can't turn on the lights. But I really rely on turning on all the lights, opening the blinds. If it is light outside, I'll even open. I have a back door to my bedroom. I'll even open that door and go stand out on our stone steps for a little bit and just let my body feel that light first thing in the morning. Um, the SEN then says, sends signals to other parts of the body once it see this, sees this light and it coordinates the body's circadian rhythms. So if we look at this in the evenings, if we have a bunch of lights on in our house, or if we are looking at, I was looking around for my phone and I don't see it, um, or if we are looking at technology, blue screens, computers, our body is still getting signals for the circadian rhythm to be awake. And it can actually really throw off our circadian rhythms when we are, when things are too light. So at night, it's great to turn off half of the lights in the house, um, dim them if you can, uh, do something that is not in front of a screen or on your phone, which is very, very difficult to do. If you are going to be on technology, wear blue light blocking glasses. Um, you can also turn down the dimness on the screen and turn on like your blue light screen, uh, protection screen on your phones to just really help the body in the circadian rhythm. So, cause you don't want to mess up those, those rhythms via artificial light, right? So circadian rhythms are important for maintaining health and well-being. So if your circadian rhythm gets thrown off, this really can affect your health in physical and mental ways. Um, so if we're looking at PMDs, if we're looking at this through the lens of a premenstrual disorder, we want to keep our circadian rhythm going healthily as much as possible 
because if we throw that off, that can be a mood swing that can be lethargy throughout the day, low energy. Um, and so this then can put us in a spiral of events, maybe then because we're so tired, we eat extra and maybe we don't choose the right kinds of food. And then we create, uh, unhealthy habits due to just something as simple as, uh, keeping our circadian rhythm in check. And you might not be able to tell if it's from your circadian rhythm. So this is just a great tool to think about and to use as you think about, uh, your PMDs or managing your hormonal health. Um, when the circadian rhythm is out of sync with the environment, it can lead to problems such as jet lag, insomnia, and seasonal affective disorder. So my husband and I flew to Hawaii once and I got really bad jet lag and I literally could not even lift my head up without just fainting back down into the bed. And so I've always been nervous to travel too far of time zones um, because of the bad jet lag that I had. However, this past year, my husband and I went to London and, um, to help with my circadian rhythm, I made sure that in the mornings, uh, we got out early enough that I could see some sun and get going and spent more time outside that first day than inside. And that actually really helped. And I didn't have the same sort of effects that I had, uh, when I had traveled to Hawaii. Now, saying that I also had taken some, uh, medication to help me sleep on the plane, uh, on my way to Hawaii. And I think that I had a little bit to do with maybe being left over in my system. And I haven't done that medication since, um, that had been recommended to us from a friend who had traveled. And so there's, there's that possibility now, um, lead to insomnia. I know that when, my kids or my husband, or probably even me are on tech for a really long time at the end of the night that our brains are so wired, we don't feel like sleeping. So it is important to maybe reach for an actual, uh, like flip the page book versus a book on your Kindle or on your phone. Um, stop scrolling, stop, uh, signaling to the brain that it needs to be awake and help it slow down. I think that could really help with insomnia, which insomnia is a symptom of PMDD. And so that insomnia, we could limit its effects, its serious effects by, uh, simplifying our sleep routine, which we will talk about sleep routines someday on this podcast too. That's actually on my, to talk about list and then seasonal affective disorder, which can, which affects both women and men. Well, all of these affect women and men. Um, but seasonal affective disorder where I live in the Northern Hemisphere in Utah in the United States, we actually even, uh, because of where we are on the latitude, we don't even get enough sun the whole year to keep our vitamin D up. So for somebody like me who is uh, very sensitive to hormonal changes, seasonal affective disorder is, or SAD or SAD is uh, something that I watch out for. And in fact, I don't, um, as talking with my doctors, I had been just starting to double 
my vitamin D intake through a supplement, uh, in like November, December, but actually my doctor was telling me that I need to start doubling my supplement in August. That's actually when we start seeing vitamin deficiencies, vitamin D deficiencies, but the symptoms don't start appearing until later. So if you are somebody who experiences SAD, you might want to consider, uh, talking to your doctor about taking vitamin D, a vitamin D supplement earlier in the year and possibly doubling that to make sure you're getting the best benefits so that seasonal affective disorder doesn't kick in uh, nearly as severe. If you're, you know, if you're sensitive to that, or you live at a higher latitude, like I do. Um, and then I take that all the way through right now it's April and I'm still taking that double dose of vitamin D. Um, but feeling because the sun is finally out and it has finally stopped snowing here. I just have to put on record that this year we have had more snow than ever recorded in Utah, uh, over 800 inches in some areas. And we are definitely ready for some sun. <laughs> we have had too much snow, um, but I'm grateful it's in the mountains and not down by me. So anyway, I digress, but seasonal affective disorder is something that can be severely, uh, in both men and women and seasonal affective disorder affects your mental health. And I really feel like when our mental health is low, everything else is low as well. So if we can put you in front of a light box in the morning, um, oh, that was something else somebody recommended to click on your circadian rhythm in the morning, maybe get a, like a ring light that you, a really, really bright light that you can turn on and stand in front of in the morning as well. If you don't have actual sunlight to be able to help you wake up is to do something really bright. So all right. There, here's some things that you can do to keep your circadian rhythm in sync. And they're just a couple of ideas. So first of all, getting regular exposure to sunlight, not just in the morning, but throughout the day, uh, sunlight helps regulate the SEN again and keep your circadian rhythm on track. So this might look like instead of eating lunch and inside your office that you go outside and you eat it. And they were saying, uh, in a study that I had read that, it doesn't matter if the sun is covered by clouds, as long as you are out getting some quote unquote direct sunlight without like a window pane in between, um, that it's healthy and helps give you that vitamin D. Um, next thing, going to bed and waking up at the same time every day, even on weekends. This has been tough for me, <laughs> especially because we had a weekend and spring break and I had just gotten off of doing a really big pageant project. Um, so I'm trying to get back onto waking up at the same time every day. That really, that really is hard for me um, when things get messed up that way. But that allows us to keep our internal clock in sync with the 24-hour day. Um, and so what I tend to do on the weekends is uh, take a nap during the day uh, to claim, you know, that sleeping in time. Instead, I wake up and then I'll take a nap later in the day. But um, next thing that you can do is avoid caffeine and alcohol. Um, and when I say caffeine and alcohol, it's because they will disrupt your sleep and make it harder you, for you to fall asleep at night. So they're going to create some insomnia. They'll also create a lack of deep sleep, but 
some bodies are more sensitive than others to those stimulants. So it's on you, right? To help figure out if that's something that's going to affect you. There are some people who can take caffeine and it actually calms them down a little bit and they can sleep just fine. Like it doesn't bother them. And then again, caffeine and alcohol, you can get uh, used to the dosages of those. And so then you can become uh, less sensitive to those as you take them, but you would need more to get a bigger kick. Um, my recommendation, if you are going to incorporate caffeine into your day, that you try and do that before probably two to 3 PM in the day. So I do caffeine when I work out in the mornings, which right now, um, you don't want to flood your system with caffeine first thing in the morning, unless you are going to burn it off because our systems, this is kind of another side note, but because our systems are already so high in cortisol, we don't want to stress our system more by putting caffeine in our bodies and then not doing anything. So if you are going to have caffeine in the morning, you want to be able to have it and then burn it off. If you are not going to be working out, consider doing your caffeine after you have been awake for a couple hours after breakfast, but before 2 PM. So that doesn't really give you a big window for you to have caffeine. Now, somebody might be able to do caffeine at 10 AM and still not be able to sleep at night. And so just be a cognizant of that and aware of that. Like if you are having a hard time getting sleep, if you're having a hard time with your circadian rhythm to maybe consider taking out some of those stimulants for a couple of weeks to be able to see, uh, if that's what is causing that issue. I uh, remember that kids are also very sensitive to caffeine. And so if you're letting your child, you know, have sips off your cola, if you are drinking that during the day, your body might not be sensitive, but theirs also might be sensitive. And so that might also be disrupting their, uh, circadian rhythm. Um, and then finally creating a relaxing routine at bedtime, which I talked about, like turning down the lights, picking up actually like a a physical book instead of a digital book. Uh, sometimes you could take a bath to slow down. Um, creating a routine that is not based on electronics is a really stellar thing. A lot of us use electronics to uh, diffuse from the day and that's fine. But in the 30 to 40 minutes before you close your eyes to go to sleep, it is wise to really set those internal clocks to know that they need to go to bed. A couple of things that I want to say about the circadian rhythm is that number one, when your teenagers, when you get teens developing in your house, their circadian rhythm becomes a little bit different. They actually have, you guys, speaking of snow, it's snowing right now. It is the middle of April and there are snowflakes outside my window. Oh my goodness. It didn't even look like it was supposed to snow today. Um, I wish I could show you all, but what happens is their energy levels are up and then down and then up and then down. So they kind of have two, uh, rhythms through two ebbs and flows throughout the day. That's why your teenager doesn't want to go to bed at night, struggles to get up in the morning, then is fine. But then they like want to sleep in the afternoons. And then they want to wake up again, right? So they have this deeper, deeper lull. They have bigger highs. Their two highs are bigger. And that middle lull is deeper. 
um, between during the day. And so they kind of have a different infradian rhythm than we do because they're developing and changing. So be aware of that. Like when your teenager wants to stay up till 10 or 11 and you want to go to bed at 8 PM, just the recognition that they might have a different, uh, circadian rhythm than you is really important. Um, just in awareness of that so that you can maybe parent better and me be a little bit more understanding why they're not tired and they don't want to go to bed. Um, and then maybe being a little bit more thoughtful towards them when you're trying to get them out of bed the next morning for school, that they're still in a different rhythm. They're in a little bit of a different rhythm than you. And we truly do wake up high schoolers too early for their bodies to really want to wake up. And so that can cause uh, some mood issues, right? When their circadian rhythm's off, it can cause insomnia, it can cause mood swings, those kinds of things. Um, so that's one thing that I want to say. The next thing that I wanted to talk about was that our hormones follow circadian rhythms. So we have higher energy throughout the day, then we have a lull, then we have medium energy, and we have a little little bit of uptick at the night. So ours is like, we wake up with high energy, it drops, it raises a little bit, and then we go back to sleep. So they kind of have this roller coaster fall throughout the day versus teenagers that have two big mountains throughout the day. Now it's like a blizzard, seriously. And I was just thinking I was going to walk over and smell my neighbor's tulips. Um <laughs> So when we experience these energy ebbs and flows, know that those are part of our circadian rhythm. Men specifically follow the circadian rhythm almost to a T. They wake up with high cortisol, which cortisol is a stress hormone, but it's a, it can be a good stress hormone to a good extent. It gets us out of bed. So when we're driven to get out of bed, um, and then cortisol dies throughout the day. So we have like this drive to get a lot of stuff done in the morning. So that's really important for people who have lots of to-dos, get your hard things done in the morning because you're not going to want to do them in the afternoon. And then as we hit like 1 or 2 p.m. in the day, in a normal day, we actually hit a lull. And this lull is when other cultures take siestas. So they take a nap during the day and everything shuts down because our bodies naturally have a lull. Uh, you might feel this more heavily in a PMD if your blood sugar is not regulated. So you're going to get like those extreme munchies. Um, I actually take a nap about this time every day during certain parts of my uh, my cycle, my menstrual cycle so that I can keep my energy up. And just like that, it's done snowing. And, um, and then when, um, and then we have that little bump at the end of the day, kind of what we would want to call like our second wind, which allows moms to get their kids where their kids need to go or allows us to go forage for dinner. Just like animals, you know, we have that little uptick of energy and then we slow down the rest of the way for the night. Um, during our sleep, during that lull in the circadian rhythm, our body does a lot of work. It doesn't stop working for us. And we need to recognize that if we cheat it of sleep, that we are going to have consequences. So, um, not going too much into it, but an, a good example is that our body takes out the trash. It processes the traumas, the experiences, the highs and lows of the day. 
That's why it's always important. If you have something big on your mind, brain dump it out. You can go look at my coaching corners that are up on YouTube. And there's one called brain dump. Go look up how to do that. Um, and those are just little YouTube videos that you can go watch. They're like three to five minutes long, but go brain dump, sleep on it and wake up and you'll feel so much better mentally because our body has taken out the trash and process some of those things. So if we cheat that, that's one thing that, uh, really can, uh, become a problem. Um, and then finally kind of coming back around men and women both follow the circadian rhythm, but men heavily follow the circadian rhythm because they don't have a second rhythm, which is what we are going to get into right now. So the second rhythm is called the infradian rhythm. And it's only been a couple of years since I've known about this and I can't wait to uh, share this with you. So the infradian rhythm is also a biological rhythm. So it's within living organisms that has a period longer than 24 hours. The most well-known example of an infradian rhythm is the menstrual cycle. So there are different infradian rhythms, but the menstrual cycle is pretty much what we're talking about for PMDs. Um, the menstrual cycle lasts about 28 days. So this is an infradian rhythm. Um, other examples of this can include some seasonal affective disorders. So there are different types of seasonal affective disorders, but this one can be affected. Um, and this one comes around between what, like September, October, all the way to February, March. Um, hibernation is an infradian rhythm and, and some animals do that during the winter. So it is a rhythm that has a period longer than 24 hours. Um, being pregnant uh, is kind of a type of infradian rhythm as well, right? 40 weeks. So infradian rhythms are controlled by the body's internal clock, which is located in the hypothalamus, which is up in our brain. The hypothalamus is a small region of the brain that is responsible for many functions, including regulating body temperature, sleep, and appetite. So a word on the hypothalamus, the hypothalamus has direct relation to PMDs, uh, and spe specifically female reproductive hormones. So you want to ask about hot flashes, you can blame the hypothalamus for kind of freaking out on you because that includes regulating your body temperature. So it becomes, uh, chaotic and how it responds to the lack of, or a surge of estrogen or progesterone going through your body at certain stages in your menstrual cycle or in going through menopause. Um, it can affect sleep. So again, it's not just the circadian rhythm that affects sleep, but also this infradian rhythm can affect sleep. And there are times during my cycle of 28 days, uh, usually about 27 days that, I have terrible insomnia. So not only is the infradian rhythm going to probably be a cause of that insomnia, but then I'm super sensitive to it because of PMDD. And therefore I react worse to the symptoms of it as, and also the consequences of having uh, insomnia. And then like jet lag can be longer than 24 hours. And um, again, uh, like seasonal affective disorder. So Okay. Um, our internal clocks are influenced by 
crazy amount of factors, right? All of this going on, uh, light, the food we eat and the exercise we do are three of the main things that can affect our body's internal clock. Also the stress. So when you exercise, when you put stress on your body will actually change your internal clock. So it's important to be aware of the times that uh, working out is good for you at the right time during your menstrual cycle or during your uh, PMD cycle, if you want to call it that. And so that's actually another podcast coming up is how to structure your exercise around uh, your menstrual cycle and how to adapt exercise to PMDs when our bodies are very sensitive to stressors. Um, let's see. Okay. So I kind of lost my train of thought. Sorry. There are many things that we can do to help regulate the body's internal clock. Uh, again, some of these things are the same things for circadian rhythm, uh, the 24 hour clock. So getting regular exposure to sunlight, sunlight helps regulate the body's melatonin, which melatonin is a hormone, uh, and that hormone helps regulate sleep. Now a word to the wise, getting regular exposure to sunlight is going to be a whole heck of a lot better than taking an artificial supplement that you found in a bottle, uh, in the hallway, in the aisle of the grocery store. Um, melatonin, if you are taking melatonin, I'm not saying don't take it, but it would be wise to consider that you are putting a hormone into your body that should know how to make that hormone if you are living a healthy lifestyle. So if you are on your screens late at night, if you are ingesting a lot of caffeine, a lot of stimulants, and you're messing with your circadian rhythm, a melatonin gummy is not going to help you get well. So it's about the things that we can do living a super healthy lifestyle, um, to regulate that sleep, uh, to help us get that sleep, um, so that our infradian rhythms function better eating a healthy diet. What we eat is what our body becomes. So a healthy diet can keep our body's metabolism running smoothly, which can help us specifically in PMDs. And, uh, because we become super, uh, I've said this before, but we're super sensitive to hormonal changes. And when progesterone rises, progesterone is a hormone that slows everything down, calms us down, slows us down. But that also means that it can back us up in our digestive system um, and also help us hold on to a lot of water and a lot of weight. So eating a healthy diet for the physical aspect of that is super important. Um, but the mental aspect of eating a healthy diet you have to understand what we're eating is also becoming our hormones. Uh, the majority of hormones are made in the gut. So, uh, if you are, um, um, eating a crappy diet as your, as your food digests and goes through your digestive system, we're going to experience your hormone production being disrupted, as well as if you're eating foods that are not nutritious for your body, your body only has junky building blocks to make 
hormones. And therefore then we get glitches in our hormonal system because either they can't, your body can't make the right hormones or it makes hormones that really are not going to be good building blocks for your health. So consider that what you eat becomes in a way your thoughts and your body. Um, because then those hormones get disrupted and then we have bad mental health. We experience, uh, chemical changes in our bodies and our, the chemicals or messengers from our brain to our bodies. So if we can't get the right messages around, then we start having, uh, issues there. Exercise promotes the production of endorphins, which are good mood boosting hormones and helps us feel amazing and helpful. Now, remember exercise comes, uh, is better in different ways at different times in our infradian rhythms. So, uh, circadian rhythms, uh, exercise in the morning is great because our cortisol is high. And then also in that little bump at the end of the night, exercise can also help you sleep better. Now, somebody like me who's sensitive to the endorphins that come through your body. If I exercise at night, I can't go to bed for hours. It really disrupts my infradian rhythm. So I need to exercise during the day. But when I'm on my menstrual cycle and I'm slower and tired, um, like of my bleed, then I actually need to exercise at two or three in the afternoon after I have my lull and kind of come back up, um, not too close to bed, but I, I like to rest in the morning and then I usually have a little bit more energy in the afternoon. So that's something that's going to look different for you. If you have questions about that, feel free to reach out to me and set up a consult. You can do that through my website. Um, they're free. I'd love to chat with women and give them directions about how to structure. And then if you, and, and then, or, and, or, um, if you want, you can totally coach with me and I would love that. Okay. So um, another thing that is included again is caffeine and alcohol watching those that can disrupt the body's, uh, infradian rhythms and, um, creating a relaxing bedtime routine can really help your infradian rhythm as well, because it helps us decompress so that then we can get good sleep. If you haven't noticed, even though the infradian rhythm is longer than 24 hours, the circadian rhythm and the infradian rhythm heavily focus on the need for sleep and to keep that routine as normal as you possibly can. With the infradian rhythm of the menstrual cycle, we need more sleep. The second half of our cycle, our body's working harder. And then the first couple of days of our bleed, uh, we need more rest. It's hibernation time in that. And so literally calling a hibernation time expresses to us the need to hunker down, take it easy and move a little bit slower. It's important for you to recognize where your cycle's at so that you can plan for these things. Okay. It's time for me to even get more, uh, honed in on my breakfast, my breakfast, my bedtime routine so that I can, uh, keep that infradian rhythm and circadian rhythm in healthy places. It's important for us to eat a healthy diet throughout our whole cycle, because what we eat, what we eat now technically becomes our bodies in about 90 days. And the habits that we are creating now technically become our body in about 90 days. And so, um, it's not just an immediate thing. It's a long-term investment into, into these. So 
if you're experiencing any sort of insomnia problems, here's, these are, these were ideas. Um, if you're experiencing any problems with your internal clock, let me put it that way, not insomnia problems, but just in general, um, talk to your primary care physician and, um, consider before you take on, you know, some crazy changes in routine to really maybe consult with them. But also some of these things are things that you can implement, you know, like cutting out caffeine. Those are things that you can implement getting a sunlight exposure, um, tracking your infradian rhythm. Um, now remember that infradian rhythms, uh, can look for female infradian rhythm on a menstrual cycle. It can look different between, uh, anywhere between like 20, 26, 25, 26 and 34 days is about normal for a female infradian rhythm for the menstrual cycle. And if you have something outside of that, that's also a red flag to maybe check that out and look at why it may be shorter than that or longer than that. Um, Again, talking with your doctor is super helpful there. Uh, look for the right doctor who will listen to you and where you feel listened to. And then as always, take those bits of truth that feel important to you and utilize those in your life. Okay, so I hope, I hope that you guys learned today a little bit about the different rhythms that we as human beings have and how females can become a little more complicated because we have this infradian rhythm on top of our circadian rhythm. So- I like to give the example that men are like the sun. They're pretty consistent up and down and up and down and up and down. But women, ironically enough, are like the moon. Uh, there's different phases every single day. The moon's in a different place every single day. The moon is more like a feminine energy than the sun. Uh, if, if you think about it, there's about 14 cycles 14 menstrual cycles in a year for a female. And there's actually 14 full moons in a year for, um, the, the moon. So that's kind of cool to think about that. We really do reflect that, uh, that energy. All right, you guys, I hope that you learned something about PMDs here. My kids are getting home from school now and my dog, my dog is happy that they are home and I will see you guys next week. Thanks for being with me today. Thanks for listening to Listen and Know. I hope you found this episode helpful and informative. Also, if you know someone who might benefit from this information and these ideas, please share this podcast and send people to the Adagio Fit website and Instagram account where there are more resources, past podcast episodes, and the ability to coach with me. Also, if you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover, please let me know. I want to remind you that you are not alone. Millions of women around the world suffer from PMDs, and there is help available. If you are struggling, please reach out to your doctor or a mental health professional. There are also many online resources available, such as my website, adagiofit.com, the Premenstrual Disorders Association website, pmda.org, or the International Association for Premenstrual Disorders, iapmd.org. Remember, help is personal and possible. You are not alone. Thank you for listening. Please note, this podcast is in no way to replace your primary care health doctor. I am not a doctor or a professional, and I ask that you consult with yours before you make any significant health changes. Thanks.